I was running two locations at a time. I'd ramped up to 11 employees. You know, I was trying to figure out how to manage people. I was just going crazy. And it hit me one day. I'm employing 11 people, and I just created 11 jobs for myself. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Well, welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You've got with you today, the Knucklehead Steven. And I've got with me somebody who I'm just being informed that is now the hotspot of the COVID crisis out in Arizona. I've got with you Preston Weeks from Operations X. It seems like it, it Preston, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. It seems like in some way, shape or form, a separate part of the country is now the new hotspot. It seems like it's just, it's kind of bouncing around from one spot to another. Would you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, it's it's not ideal. You know, I heard the other day that we were climbing up on the rates of what's happening with uh, New York currently. So I haven't followed it too close because I work from home and I run remote work. So I don't really have to be involved in it too much. But I go out to dinner and do all those things. And things were opening up and relaxing a little bit. Now it's good to see. And now I heard you know, a couple of my favorite restaurants are reclosing again, which is sad. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But we are in uncharted territories here. I wonder what lessons we're going to be able to pull from the initial shutdown and maybe what may happen again going into the fall. So with that being said, Preston, this is Knucklehead Podcast. This is where we sit down and we have discussions with business leaders. We sit down and we have conversations with folks who've built organizations or they're responsible for generating revenue at consistent and high amounts. However... All of those things are predicated upon the mistakes that we've made in the past, actually give us those learning lessons and, you know, extract those learning moments. It all started with, you know, some of my own personal experiences in the corporate world. And what's interesting is the more and more we started to share those, there was folks that started to come out of the woodwork and go, oh my gosh, I, yeah, I remember a time where I shouldn't have replied all to everybody on that response back to a coworker. Those are kind of funny ingest type moments that will actually lead to some of the embarrassment, you know, that happens in the office. And in some cases, we've had folks talk about the actions that led to a bankruptcy that actually gave them the framework to go and relaunch an extremely successful organization. So, you know, knucklehead moments aren't necessarily just emails that you send that you wish you hadn't. Uh, Sometimes they're much, much larger than that. So we appreciate you taking some time and, and wanting to visit with us a little bit. With that being said, help me understand what Operations X is. Yeah, no, I, it was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me as a guest today. And it's true, you know, what you're saying, every entrepreneur, every business owner has made a number of mistakes, whether they admit it or not. And it, it is, it's what we do with those mistakes. But Operations X is basically a business solutions company that I formed. What we do is our main focus is remote staffing. So we hire in place employees to work for U.S. companies. We have office in the Philippines and we're expanding our global network. A lot of that, you know, is becoming more popular now. Everyone's forced to do remote work with the whole COVID thing. And so uh, they either decided, okay, this is terrible and it does not work for my company at all. Or they go, oh, why am I paying for an office now since I just had a successful team, you know, running at their home office? So, you know, but you know, we do a bunch of other things to support businesses. We're just a business strategy company and do coaching and a number of other things to uh, provide solutions for for businesses out there. But 
in my background, I started in the car business. So I call it my past life, but I'm a car nut, big time car nut. I love, love, love cars. Well, I got to stop you there for a second. One, simply just because we had talked real briefly before this about the context behind your experience in the car business. And it wasn't as if you were just a car sales guy. You at a very young age were thrust into a role where you had some responsibility for running that car dealership, understanding inventory, purchasing inventory, moving that inventory, helping service generate revenue, all of those idiosyncrasies associated with car dealership ownership. (laughs) You have a lot of opportunities to screw some things up. So what kind of lessons did you glean from that experience? Well, you know, I have a lot of lessons and I actually started it to add a little bit more depth into that. I started by myself with one $1,600 car and I built that into 15 car dealerships that I owned or co-owned. And so just that process, you know, you have a lot of bumps, a lot of ripples and things like that. But I'd say, you know, starting out by yourself and starting a business by yourself is completely different from running a company that has multiple locations or multiple employees. And there's so many learning curves along the way. And so I started out, I was great. I'm a hard worker. I'm not afraid to do anything. I get out and do it. But I realized later at a point in my business that that was also a weakness. And that was also a challenge that I had to overcome. And I'll talk a little bit about that. So as a car dealer, you know, I was, I was basically, I was buying the cars, I was cleaning the cars, I was marketing the cars, posting them, I was doing the sales, you know, I was doing the financing, I was doing you know, everything A to Z. And it was that growth of learning from going from one person to, you know, getting your first employee, you know, or to getting multiple employees. And I'd say, you know, one of the biggest moments, there's, there's a couple of different things I could talk about, but you know, one of the biggest moments, it was a really big learning point for me. And a really big, you know, transition is I remember I was running two locations at a time. I'd ramped up to 11 employees and I was just going crazy. I mean, business was good, but, you know, I was trying to figure out how to manage people. I was trying to figure out how to do things. And I'm a doer like a lot of entrepreneurs or business leaders are. And so my employees would come up to me and they'd go, oh, you know, I need, how do I get this, you know, spot out of the car? How do I, you know, post this ad? How do I deal with this thing? You know, and so I was getting all these challenges. And so me being a doer, me having that kind of doer mentality, that doer attitude, I would run in there and I, I would go, okay, you know, I'll just do it. I'll just get it done. You know, oh, you just do it like this. And I'd kind of do it and I would do it and get it done and we'd move on. And then someone else would need help. And I'd run over that person and I'd go help them and I'd do it. And, you know, someone's trying to do accounting or someone's trying to figure out how to order a part or, you know, do a certain thing, you know, with diagnosing or repair. And so I'd just do it, you know, and then jump onto something else and do it and jump onto something else. And it hit me one day and I go, I'm employing 11 people right now. And I just created 11 jobs for myself. And that was a really, really pivotal moment. Preston, would you, (laughs) I could ask, would you call yourself a control freak? Well, no, you know, I'm not a control freak. Uh, Like I don't actually really care, but I learned later in life that I have ADHD, which is a whole funny thing. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. I'm 38. And, you know, when I was 36, I was with a coach and we were going through some things and he goes, hey, you know, well, you have this and this and this. And it's because of your ADHD. And I pulled this long face and I was just like, what are you talking about? And that was the first time in my life anyone had ever told me 
And then I had ADHD and he fires off all these questions. He goes, oh, well, do you do this? Do you do this? Are you like this? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then I get home and I take like 20 tests online and I'm like, yeah, they all say yes, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, looking back at that and looking at, at in that situation, you know, I just like to do it, get it done and move on. Yeah. And so, you know, I really had to go, okay, you know, it's better to be slow right now or be, you know, have people fail and allow them to fail. Because if I don't allow them to fail, then yeah. they can't learn. Have you ever asked yourself why you haven't started a podcast? Well, I already know the reason. So do you. You don't feel like you're tech savvy. You don't feel like you got your message wired tight. And quite frankly, it's just, it's all this mystification going on. Quite frankly, uh, our process helps to demystify that. We're push button for podcasts. We're knucklehead. Why knucklehead? Well, we lead with the fact that you don't know what you're doing. We do. We've been there. We've actually been in your shoes. We take your spoken voice. We literally give a human voice to your website. You want to bring dead leads to life? Well, then you need to talk to Knucklehead. Essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to take you through our process and we're going to help take your human voice and increase the process for you going from dead leads to life. How do I, how do, I do that? Well, you essentially just take your human voice, put it in a directory and let people consume more of you. Give your audience the ability to Netflix on you. They want to binge watch you. They want to binge listen. Give them the ability to take your voice along on that commute with them. So... You can get in touch with us, Steven at Knucklehead Podcasts, or if you've got a really cool story, stories at Knucklehead Podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn and on Facebook at Knucklehead Promotions, LLC. And get in touch with us. Don't be a beta about the process. Don't let the fact that you don't know prevent you from getting some wins. So don't be a beta, get some wins and contact us today. See ya. The question of the control freak was, honestly, it was what I've found to be so true with mentors of mine you can't recognize something in somebody else unless you have at least some of it going on yourself. And so what I heard and what it is that you were saying is in order for your organization to grow, there's things that are required to be done that have to be somebody other than you doing them. And going through that process of wanting to control the outcomes of whatever your product was, since, you know, in a way, it's a, a reflection of who you are, especially at a, you know, at the size of the organization was at the time. So you want to be able to control that outcome, but it wasn't the, the worker that produced that outcome. It was you. So going through that process and understanding how, <laughs> how to mature through that process, uh, it sounds like it was a, a very revealing moment, but however, probably difficult to come to terms with. So describe to me some of the emotions that you went through you know, as you process that. Yeah. And two, you know, to add to that, I, you know, I think it was a little bit of an impatience. You know, I just wanted to, you know, be quick and not wait. Cause, it, um, but yeah, I mean, to, to deal with that and to go through that, it was really a big shock point. But realizing it, it's like having those blind spots in your life. You know, you have things you know, you have things that you don't know, and you have things that you know you don't know. And there's a difference between all those. And so I know how to do something. I know how to do it. And then there's something like, I don't know how to do, like, I don't know how to speak Chinese. I know I don't know how to speak Chinese, but then you have these blind spots, you know, like that in your life that you don't realize are happening until you have one of those moments, those epiphany moments, those learning moments where you go, shoot, you know, this is not quite what I thought I was. And we all like to be expert at everything we do, especially when you're in a leadership role, you know, if you're the boss or you're the you know, owner of a company or something like that. 
I mean, always try and be the expert. And so it took some self-reflection for sure to step back and to look at that and go, okay, you know, what am I doing? I'm creating a problem in the growth of my company by my actions, because, you know, we need to multiply ourselves, you know, really to be able to grow, you know, you need to be able to multiply yourselves. I see that a lot in my company with Operations X now and, you know, my 2020 hindsight and my experience of, you know, running businesses and things like that and learning and looking back. And now I can see it more in other people where they, you know, it's kind of like you're saying that that control freak, you know, type of, you know, mentality or, you know, whatever it is, there's probably five different types of characteristics that support that behavior. And, but noticing those and can be a really big advantage. And I think it's really important as a business owner or as a leader to not be afraid to recognize your weaknesses. I think that's one of the biggest things that you can do. Well, you just touched on something that I kind of want to go a little bit further with. And that is when you have team members, right? It insinuates one thing that you, there's folks that are other than you that are doing work in your business in order to move your business forward. And with the way that human behavior work, it works. And especially in today's world where everybody's connected and we have cell phones essentially that occupy a large percentage of our time. Most folks, whenever they're on their phones or most folks, whenever they're in between work and leisure time, it's almost as if the perception is, is everybody else is doing better or doing more or getting more done or has this, what I call filter, they're living their life through filters as opposed to the reality of what it is that you're talking about, where it forces you to slow down a bit and reveal the learning lesson of going through that arduous patience building and skill development process of actually growing an organization and making progress in certain areas of your life. Yeah. And two, you know, to what you're saying, you know, is it's really important to take that time to slow down and it's so much harder than it used to be because now, just like you're saying on my cell phone, you know, everything pops up on my cell phone. My whole business is you know, ran digitally and I get all the notifications, all the tracking and the employees, all the different things, emails, all the social media platforms. So literally 24 seven, you know, there's always something happening online. And so, you know, we really need to be intentional with that and to be intentional to create separations. You know, I, I was uh, guilty of that, you know, through my business career at different times. So I've got three kids. I've got uh, twins that are six years old. I've got an eight-year-old and a beautiful wife. And so I'm I'm a lucky guy, but... That's awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not afraid to work. You know, I actually really enjoy working. And so I had to be really, really intentional with my time to the point where I would schedule, you know, my time with my kids. And I would schedule you know, my time with my wife. So, you know, we made it a point in our marriage where I was getting busy and things like that. And I go, okay, we're going to go on a date night every Friday night, no matter what, like that's going to happen. We're going to go out, we're going to do two hours. We're going to reconnect and learn who this person is that I sleep with every night, you know, <laughs> you know but we, we've got a good relationship, but you know, I had to be intentional about that. And same thing with my kids. I was lucky you know, in, in my car business to go, okay, I could take my kids to work. Uh, with me, I had that position. So I would rotate my kids and I would take them to work. And I had one day a week, everyone in my offices knew I bring my kid to work and I would make them work 
to, nice. to try to teach them some skills, you know, cause I, I'm the parent, I don't buy my kids anything. I, they, they're already spoiled enough from their grandparents and things like that. So, but I give them opportunities. I want them to have, you know, learn, you know, what work is, learn, you know, that connection with making money or work and, you know, you get rewarded for your efforts. Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So when it relates to, so passing on generational lessons, the common denominator, what I'm hearing in all of your stories is the desire to work and the intangibles and the lessons drawn from that willingness to go work. You want to almost plant seeds inside your children for that willingness to work. You That's what you want to pass on because you're able to recognize uh, the generation that came before you. Part of what they get enjoyment out of is being able to pass that security in a way onto their grandkids. So you're more you're more interested in kind of the tactical implementation of learning lessons and work ethic so is there a time where or a story that you can think of where maybe that that kind of blew up in your face a little bit when your kids maybe didn't want to do that lesson or you saw somebody else maybe spoil their kids too much where that didn't work out very well you know i i've been pretty lucky with my kids my kids are good but you know i see it all the time so i i live in north scottsdale it's demographics are pretty high here you know with the income levels and uh i see a lot of kids that you know my kids go to school with and they kind of get whatever they want and you know they throw fits and things like that and you know their kids you know they, they get bought you know their way out of the situation and i luckily have made that decision pretty early on in parenthood to you know, try to not do that with my kids. And so what I'd actually do is, you know, I take my kid, they would work all day. And this was like when they were like two and a half, three years old, all the way up till, you know, now I've got my eight year old, but back then I'd, I'd have him come and he'd work all day, you know, he'd go do things. He's not really doing anything, you know, I'd go have, he'd come up to me and I'd have him like move rocks around off the sidewalks or have him go like wipe wheels down. Something's not going to like ruin or get hurt. Just to be clear to our listeners, we're not talking about uh, a violation of uh, child labor laws here. We're talking about <laughs> passing lessons on to we've had CEOs come on before where they talked about their father having them go out and, you know, mow on a tractor, you know, an entire field worth of hay or that type of thing. You know, we're talking about passing some learning lessons on here. So for context for our listeners, he's not I just want to be clear here, Preston, right? Yeah, no, no, they were they weren't really doing anything useful. It was just my time I got to spend with them. You know, that's and you know, show them what dad did at work and and two, you know, I, I had the opportunity to, you know, go to work with my dad as a kid too. So that's probably you know part of that. And then, you know, I'd pay him a dollar you know, and one of my dealerships I had was next door to a dollar store. And so they'd work all day. I'd go, good job. You know, you worked, you know, here's your money. I'd give him a dollar Then we'd walk over to the dollar store. Then we'd go in the dollar store and I'd let them pick out whatever they wanted because they earned their money. And it taught them, you know, okay, you can work and you can make money and then you can create choice in your life. You know, you can empower yourself to do something. So that was a really special thing that I was able to get involved in at work. Well, I think I think it's it's cool. We touched on a, a few things here. One in particular is uh, if you're not willing to work, and if there is a knucklehead moment that we can glean from some of these experiences, if you're not willing to work, if you're not willing to uh, humble yourself to a point where the repeating of the same mistakes of constantly going back and doing work for other people. You're going to be limited in your growth and it, it also limits the development opportunity of your team around you which is one of the responsibilities of a leader is to is to uh, 
see greatness in the people that are following you and also give them opportunities to grow. So with that being said, given the context of what you're doing now at Operations X, help people understand how they connect with you and what are some egg on the face moments that you've seen people go through the process whenever they've hired a VA in the past. Yeah. So, well, and, you know, one thing too to add to that with my experiences, you know, is for me being a hard worker, the flip side of that is burnout or, you know, you have these casualties or other things that happen in your life. And I was really lucky. So in my car business, in my car dealerships, I got connected uh, through a connection where my cousin had worked in an office that did outsourcing and she connected me to my very first employee in the Philippines. It was back in 2010. And so I hired that guy uh, and, you know, he did all my back end marketing. He did all my back end work. And what that allowed me to do was take my core team. There was my on the floor sales team and allow them to actually focus on you know, kind of looking at the Pareto principle, like the 80, 20 rule they could focus on the 20% of the business actually made money. And I could take the 80% of the business that was the work to do the business, like the ad posting, keeping track of things, you know, all this, you know, back end operations. And I pushed that out to a team in my Philippines. And that helped me too to really get a better quality of life. So I was able to not only de-risk things, you know, for myself and, and be able to grow where I wanted to grow without having to take on the operational costs. Cause there's no way I could have employed that many people with, you know, the size of the lot and the income that was coming in on the lot. And so I was able to take that, you know, and still provide a lot of jobs. You know, I, I had tons of people working for me, um, as I grew the company. So I provide a lot of opportunity, but also I provided a lot of opportunity for my backend staff people in the Philippines, and so that was really rewarding for me as a business owner, but I was able to take that and, you know, multiply my operations and you know, outsource those things and push those out. And it improved my quality of life, it improved, you know, my processes It helped me speed up things It lowered my operational costs. And so that's what brought me into Operations X today. So I was in the car business. I transitioned the energy business for four years when an energy company sold out development rights, which is great. And that gave me an opportunity to, to really, really focus on bringing this proposition to business owners so that I could help them with all the challenges and the problems that I've had to be able to, you know, grow without having huge expenses, to be able to scale without having huge risk. And, you know, to be able to, you know, take what you're doing in operations X, it's operationsx.com, but it's to multiply your operations. That's what the X is for. Yeah, a multiplier, a force multiplier. You, it, it makes makes total sense that in order to take a look at what your operational expense is and look at it as a line item in your budget. Imagine if you could get a force multiplier from whatever that line item is, and that's it sounds like what Operations X is. It's the value proposition in the marketplace that way. So, Preston, how can people get in touch with you directly? I know that we connected on LinkedIn, and you've got a great presence there, and you've got a you know, a, gri- a growing organization. So, how can people directly get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah, you can. You know, anyone can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I think it's LinkedIn backslash Energy Guy, and uh, the and then OperationsX.com. Um, you know, you can reach out to me. My phone number's on there, and and you can uh, you know, reach us by email at uh, support at OperationsX.com. You know, I'm happy to help people. You know, I really, really. So my mission is to you know help the success of you know, 100% of humanity. And, you know, we're doing that by providing opportunities and we're doing that by helping people to make their dreams and their hard work 
you know, a reality and make it profitable. And so you know, anything I can do to help people, anything I can do to help your listeners out there, you know, I'm so happy to help. You know, reach out to me on if you've got questions or anything on LinkedIn or you know, re- contact our company at checkoutoperationsx.com, see what we're up to. I like it. I like it. Well, you heard it here, folks. I appreciate Preston taking some time to uh, talk with us specifically about the growth curve that he had to go through uh, as an individual, but then also the, the cycles of growth and the maturity that his business had to go through as well and how he's applying some of those learning lessons to his kiddos. So Preston, we appreciate you taking some time. Anything else that you want to leave these folks with before we wrap? Just, uh, you know, my mantra is relentless improvement. And I, I think you're an example of uh, teaching people how to do that with your show, Stephen. So I, I appreciate you. And, um, you know, I just encourage everyone to keep relentlessly improving because the world keeps moving and we're sitting where we are and everything's happening around us. And so if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards in my mind. And so, but let me know how I can help anyone. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Preston. For those of you who like listening to Knucklehead, new episodes coming at you every Tuesday. So our encouragement to you is to continue to go out and get some wins. Join us on social media, across all social media platforms for our Knucklehead 90. We've got that challenge going on right now, not just physical, mental growth and accountability. So we appreciate everybody, not just who's listening today, but if you're listening for the first time, we encourage those of you who are coming on as guests to provide an opportunity for those listeners to connect directly with you, just like Preston did today. So we appreciate everybody's time. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys. Have a good rest of the day.